Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Life Coach Cindy Chavez. Today is Wednesday, June the 10th, 2020. It's 4 p.m. New York time, and wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And I've been telling Cindy about my wonderful new microphone and how excited I am about that and about the progress made with the app and how I'm excited about that. And uh, despite, you know, the... We, we run into little uh, blocks along the way as we learn how to deal with these things. But I got past the blocks, Cindy. Yay. Wow. <laughs> we knew it would happen. Yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't quite happening the way I thought it would, which is also par for the course, by the way. But nevertheless, it, it just yeah. didn't work out the way I thought it was going to. And I'm glad I got it. I'm glad I got it figured out with the app problem. Like I was telling you just before we came on, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I may have solved it a few times before, but I didn't realize it. Right. Because of the delay that goes in every time that we start playing a new uh, program in a podcast app or wherever else, there's always that little bit of a delay, isn't there, before the podcast starts. Yeah. And if I was testing and I didn't give it enough time for that delay, I could have missed the fact that it was actually working. <laughs> You know, there's a lot of object lessons here, right? There yes. are. We've talked about this before. Two two things you just mentioned. One is that how many times do we have uh, a manifestation that we just don't even notice? Right. Precisely. We, it, we don't think we don't even notice. And then the other one is what you talked about. Um, you know that it it the how, right? It didn't happen <sighs> in the way we think it's going to happen. Yeah. Or and then also third one. Um which is kind of meta because the delay <laughs> yeah, oh God, it yes. has to do with a delay that happens. And yep. <laughs> how many times do we not notice or not recognize that there's going to be a delay, you know? Uh, right. So <laughs> I see all kinds of little things in this one little story that are like apropos to how things work out with law of attraction. Well, especially also when you're programming, because when you're programming, you, you do something, try it, do something, try it. You're, you're constantly doing this little testing routine. Try this, yeah. try this, try this, try this. And you get into a rhythm doing that. Well, you get into that rhythm and you forget about delays that can happen. Yes. It's, well, if you remember, it throws off your rhythm. And if you don't remember, it throws off catching it, <laughs> noticing it. Yeah. That's that failure to notice the manifestation part. Right. We did. I think I, I feel like. A year or so ago, we did a whole show about like manifestations that we don't catch. Yes, yes. That we like realized later. Like I know, I still laugh about the story um, about the car, the the car that when I was in sales, one of the things that our our team we took I took them to test drive Mercedes mm. as sort of motivation. Okay. And the car that I test drove. I said that this car is going to be in my driveway Ooh. and come to find out like a whole bunch of things happened in my life that changed. And then I wasn't with that sales team anymore. And then I started another business, you know, blah, 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 all kinds of things. Yeah. 10 years later, 10 years later, someone, we inherit a car it was actually my husband's mother passed away mm -hmm. and had given him his, her car. Guess what car it was? It had to be that one. It was. And wow. we actually think it might actually be the exact car that I test drove. <laughs> like not just the same make and model, not just right. the same year, but the exact car. Right. So so my joke has been about that is 
that's pretty awesome. And also it took 10 years. I got to get better at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little hidden resistance going on there. Not, somewhere. <laughs> not everything uh, that I try to manifest takes 10 years. Thank goodness. Thank right? goodness. Right. <laughs> Otherwise we'd be really going crazy. <laughs> oh, you're right. Okay. There's so many object lessons in all of this. And, and well, you know, that's just part of what we go through. We're learning how to do this stuff. We're learning how to apply stuff. One of the most confusing things I think about the whole law of attraction thing is most of the time we can't actually see the process. We can't, I mean, even at least with like electricity, you can see the light when the light comes on. Huh? You know, you can hear the radio when the radio comes on. You can hear the smartphone when the smartphone comes on. Law of attraction, source energy. I mean, I believe that we talked about this the other day. I believe it's possible to measure and detect source energy. I think perhaps science may be doing it now without realizing it, but right now you and I and the rest of the world don't really have a tool for measuring and detecting it. So we can't see it. Well, we can't see it happening. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And also the thing that popped into my head was um, two things. One, our emotions, mm -hmm. which, you know, they're very important and they give us a lot of information and also, they're not always 100% foolproof. Sure. I mean, I say that because same with, you know, we're learning that too, right? Yeah. Kind of like intuition. Like, I know my intuitive voice pretty well. Mm -hmm. And yet, do I? am I confident enough to say that I always believe it 100%? Well, no, because if I did, I wouldn't argue with it. And actually arguing with it is part of what tells me that that's my intuition. I go, oh, ah. I'm, I'm trying to resist this. I'm trying to argue against it. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but the other thing is, you know, some of us use different kinds of divination tools. And I think those tools can kind of tell us sometimes if something's happening or if we're on a, a right track or a wrong track or are, are they a hundred percent? No. Cause they all, they come back to us processing it again and we're all just learning, but you know, they can be useful. Oh, they're all useful. No doubt yeah. about it. I, like you say though, I think the, the trip up is we aren't able to use them 100% successfully. I mean, if I pull out a yardstick, a yardstick is always a yard long. Exactly. It never stops being a yard long. It's always the same thing. You know, so right. I can okay. count on that. Do, do you know off the top of your head, because I don't, but do you know the measurement of a dollar bill, like the length of a dollar bill, like a $1 bill, American USD dollar bill? I don't know. I've never. I asked that because I, I don't know if it's six inches or whatever. Six however, inches would have been my guess. Five to That's six. That's my yeah. guess, but I'm not sure. Yeah. But, um, but my husband was telling me the other night, we were talking about something and about measuring something mm -hmm. in the house, like measuring. And we were talking about wallpaper or something. And he said, oh, he said, my mother, he said, if my mother didn't need to know the measurement of something and she was out somewhere, she would just whip a dollar bill out of her purse and <laughs> start measuring. And I thought, you know, you're right. You, you know that measurement and it's right. always going to be the same. And so we don't always have that much confidence in in our own intuitive abilities, or our own emotions, our own feelings, our hunches, uh, or even tools that we use to divine something. But, you know, there, there are ways that we can sense that things are, are working. Mm -hmm. You know, it, like the other thing that I love is the concept of um, driftwood. It's what Florence Scovel Shin used to call it. Because mm -hmm. if a sailor is out to sea, 
you know, I've never been so far out to sea that I couldn't see a horizon line right. or, you know, land. Land, right. I, I mean, I, I've only been out where I can still see the land. <laughs> but if you're a sailor, you, you know, there are places in the ocean you can be where you can see a horizon line, but you don't see any land. It's all so water. That concept is that when you start to see birds, and driftwood, or if sailors begin to see birds and driftwood, they know they're getting close to land because the birds and the driftwood don't come out that mm -hmm. far. Right. So sometimes we talk about in Law of Attraction, uh, birds and driftwood. And what I mean by that and what I try to help people see is when you start getting aligned to a certain energy, you will start seeing things that are synchronicities. And what that word means is that you're in alignment. There's, you're synced up with mm -hmm. that vibration. And sometimes it's hard for people, like say they want to start manifesting um, a, a love relationship. And so we're working on things that will cause a shift in them, which will take away the resistance that they might have. And all of a sudden they'll start seeing things that, in actuality are in alignment with that love vibration, mm -hmm. like happy couples sure, or like a friend calling them and saying, guess what? I'm engaged. Hey. Right. And oftentimes they get upset. Oh, here I am trying to manifest a new relationship and my next door neighbor just got engaged and mm -hmm. I see happy couples everywhere, but I'm not getting, my phone's not ringing. And it's right. always, I'm always saying, this is driftwood that you're seeing. This means you're aligned with that thing. It's getting closer. You're getting closer to the land of romance or of happy relationship because that's why it's showing up. That's why you can see it. So I like, that's another tool, right? That it is. It, like it, you said, it, it's not the yardstick that's exact, but no, it's, you know. <laughs> it's learning to read signs is what we're really saying. That's what that people get uh, really interested. What what does what does this sign mean? What does that sign mean? You see that a lot posted on social media. Well, if I see this, what does that mean? Yeah. And it always I, I kind of chuckle every time that I see that because they really asked the wrong question. The correct question is, what does that mean to me? I will tell you something that I think is really important because I'm a big I, I'm into. I mean, I, I read cards, right? I have read cards for 20 years. Um, I read playing cards. I read tarot cards. I read Lenormand cards. I read any kind of cards. However, and I, and I have a lot of synchronicities in my life, like mm -hmm. on a pretty consistent basis. Um, last night, we had a big synchronicity here. And then a client texted me with something that had just happened that was amazing synchronicity. And I told my husband, I just got a message from a client, listen to this wild synchronicity. And when I read it, he said, well, welcome to Cindy's world. <laughs> so like I have a lot of synchronicity and it's a wonderful thing to experience, right? You know that it means that it's a great thing to experience. But the thing that I kind of always want to warn about is that just because you've had a synchrony, like I hear people say, oh, that means I'm on the right track. And I kind of have a tendency to feel that way too in the moment, sure. right? Oh, yes. Uh, today, I'll give an example. Today, I wanted to post a certain thing. And this morning, I, I drew some cards. And every single card that I drew was pointing to that exact thing. And that felt really good. I thought, okay, yeah. I'm on the right track. Yeah, sure. What it really means is that I'm really in sync 
with that idea, with that yes. vibration, with that thing that I wanted to do. That's where I was vibing, right? Right. And here's the warning. It doesn't mean that's the right thing for me to do a year from now. Hmm. And I, I say this because, you know, anybody that's listened to our podcast for any length of time knows that I was in um, a emotionally abusive relationship for right. a long time. Um, and that I learned a lot and I've become an expert in certain things because of it. So I don't have any regrets, right? I don't want to do it again. Don't blame you. <laughs> but during that time, because this particular relationship at the beginning of the relationship, there were so many synchronicities. And I mean, I won't tell you all of what they were, but they were wild. Like, oh, my gosh. If I did tell you, you would say, oh, my gosh, how is that even possible? Right. Just mm -hmm. really, really serious synchronicities. And when the relationship started to not feel good and not be good. I hung on to those synchronicities as yeah. proof that we were supposed to be together mm, yes. and things got bad and worse. Mm -hmm. And even during those years, I convinced myself, yeah, but remember all those synchronicities right. and all those synchronicities meant was that back then we were both aligned, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean you're going to be aligned with someone or something forever. Great point. Right. And yeah. so when I hear that, it's like I listen, you know, I hear I perk up when I hear someone saying talking about a synchronicity that happened a long time ago that they're still, hey, it still might be the thing. I'm not sure. saying it won't be, but don't use that. Use the synchronicities that are happening now to right. tell you what they're aligned with. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, w I was in a group with someone who was a writer and they were having some really freaky, scary things happen in their life. And I was like, whoa. And then the leader of the group asked them, well, what is it that you write? And they wrote horror novels mm. and had been writing them for, you know, years. I mean, and publishing them, they were, right. you know, successful with it. Right? right. And the leader said, well, doesn't it make sense that if you're totally immersing yourself in that like 10 hours a day that you're going to start having some things happen because that's what you're aligned with. Right. That's right. Yeah. It's so true. it's like, it, it's not a good, here we go again, right. With not negative, positive, good, bad. It's just alignment. You can be aligned with anything that's true. <laughs> and you'll have synchronicities and they may be horror story synchronicities or they yeah. may be lovey dovey, romantic, wonderful synchronicities. It's just where you're aligned. I, I love the point that you made that, you don't really want to be paying that much attention to a synchronicity from 10 years ago. It's kind of like driving down the highway. You're driving from New York to Philadelphia and you see a sign that says uh, Philadelphia 10 miles. And then after some time you see a sign that says Dover, Delaware. And well, wait a minute, I just, there was a sign there for Philadelphia. I mean, I know the sign said it was Philadelphia 10 miles. It's gotta be here. Well, no, you pay attention to the sign that says you're in Dover, Delaware, not the one that you were past, you know, 15, 20 miles ago. Yeah, right. Man, that's, a, that's, that's it. That's it. And, you know, I think that past synchronicities and manifestations that we have, um, I was with somebody the other day who told the most incredible story of something they manifested. And, it, and I, I remembered it from the time it happened, like years ago. And I still... I could see how excited he was to tell the story 
and like it, it was really exciting. And that's what we can use those stories for to, to bring us hope if we're feeling hopeless, right? right or to sure. remind us that we have been successful at this, but not to prove that we're in the right place now, just like you said. Like, yeah. I can't use that sign to prove I'm in the right place. There's a sign right here telling me where I'm at <laughs> and I'm, I'm here, not there. So good stuff. Very good. Hey, I wanted to share something that uh, Josie punched into the uh, the live stream. Um, she actually shared this yesterday, and it's about a person you just mentioned, Florence Scovel Shin. Yay, um, Florence! Says, uh, I got to scroll a little bit back here, so give me just a second. But she said, uh, yesterday on the show, I brought up the captain's story in Florence Scovel Shin's chapter on love, part of Game of Life and how to play it. Are you familiar with that one? Oh, yeah. I can probably pull it off my shelf right here. I'm okay. sure I have it right here. Yes. <laughs> she goes on to say um, that you brought up hunches and in the Game of Life and how to play it, Shin states, the answer will come through intuition or hunch, a chance remark from someone, or a passage in a book, etc., etc. And Josie goes on to say the answers are sometimes quite startling in their exactness. For example, a woman desired a large sum of money. She spoke the words, infinite spirit, open the way for my immediate supply. Let all that is mine by divine right now reach me in great avalanches of abundance. And then she added, give me a definite lead. Let me know if there is anything for me to do. The thought came quickly. Well, give a certain friend who had helped her spiritually a hundred dollars. And she told her friend who said, well, wait and get another lead before giving it. <laughs> and scrolling down here as I'm reading this. So she waited in that day, met a woman who said, to her, whoops, no, that's the same thing. Oh, yes. So she waited and that day met a, a woman who said to her, I gave someone a dollar today. It was just as much for me as it would be for you to give someone a hundred. <laughs> And then she has a question for you, Cindy. Are you familiar with the work of Elizabeth Town? Because she says, like Florence, she was a predominant female figure in the New Thought movement. She has a book called Happiness and Marriage. Do you know that person? I don't, but Elizabeth I'm happy. Town? I'm happy to hear about that book. I'll make a note because you know, I uh, T O W N E. Okay, Sorry, Elizabeth with a Z. Yes, Elizabeth okay. Town. Okay, I just wrote it down. Thank you so much. I'm I am not familiar with. Uh, with her at all, but I will look her up. There is a book and I'm trying to think of, I believe the author's last name is Moss. I think it's the same author that's done much, much work and many books on dreams. But I, I know the title of the book is called Sidewalk Oracles. Mm. And it's a really great book. It talks about this same kind of thing, like how Florence says there, you know, that it'll come up from a, an offhanded remark, a passage in a book, um, you know, something. And that's exactly the synchronicity we had last night worked like that. And I think so many times if we are open to hearing and seeing signs, we will. Um, also, the, the signs follow. Um, they they don't lead. And that in order to consider something an omen, um, you can actually go looking for one, but you should be very focused on whatever it is you're dealing with. Otherwise, you will end up as someone who sees signs everywhere 
And that starts moving over into the mental illness category. So we don't want to think every single thing we hear, everything we see, everything going on is always a sign, 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 sign. It doesn't really work well that way. Um, But we can find signs everywhere. And when you do, you will know it. There won't be a question because it will resonate with you because you are aligned with it, right? It's a wonderful point. And I think that the best part is kind of, you kind of unstated it, but it was really hanging in the background of everything that you said there, which is it's up to you what signs you're going to pay attention to. Mm, you don't, yeah. Just because there's a sign there doesn't mean you have to say, oh, well, that's a sign. I mean, that's right. the omen phenomenon, right? Oh, my God, there's a sign. There's another right. sign. Can right. you imagine if you're driving down the highway and you said that about every sign you saw? You know what's <laughs> funny is that it's kind of like this, and maybe everybody has had an experience this similar. I might have told this story before, but we laugh about it because there are birds around our house. There are doves, mm-hmm. and I always think they sound like owls. Oh. They're kind of a hoo, 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 right? And, and I'll be like, dove. and I'll say, yeah, they're morning doves. And I will right. say, is that a, I think I hear an owl. And my husband will say, I don't want to break your heart, but that's a, dove. a morning dove, right? <laughs> and we've probably had that little short conversation lots and lots of times. Yeah. And here's the thing. I have heard an owl before. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt in my mind that it's an owl when sure. I hear it, right? Yeah. At that point, I go, oh, that's the owl. Like, right. no kidding. And so it's one of those things where if you're guessing about it, yeah, it's probably not. Because when it happens, you're so sure of it. It was like, oh, this. <laughs> it's funny. I had the same thing, same overall long-term experience with morning doves that you're describing. <laughs> To the point where I actually memorized the morning dove call just so that I could distinguish between it and an owl. Because the morning dove call is, what's so, right, that's it. What's so funny is that, okay, Stevie Nicks, who everyone knows who Stevie Nicks is. Yep. um, And I occasionally am Stevie Nicks on Halloween specifically. I could see that. That would work. And you got the hair for it. I mean, if nothing else, you got the hair. She had a post. (laughs) She had a post, um, and I guess I have liked liked her page on Facebook like a decade ago or something. I never see her post, but this post was there. Okay. And, you know, she has a song that sings about the white-winged dove. Right. Sings a song, sounds like she's singing, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Okay, well, she posted that she was at some resort and could hear a bird that she thought was an owl (laughs) (laughs) and that someone said to her, that's a dove. And she said all the, she said, I wrote this song without ever hearing a dove. And I've still never heard a dove until tonight. And this was like a month ago. Oh my goodness. (laughs) She thought it was an owl. And we laughed a lot about that story. Sure. Yeah. But you're going to know, you're going to know when you, when you have a sign or a synchronicity that is significant, uh, I mean, that's the, the etymology of the word significant sign, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. You will know it. And, you know, you never have to act on it. Even if you feel like you really know it. If there's a little bit of doubt there still, like like she was reading, like you were reading, find it, wait for another one. Yeah. Yeah, signs don't have to rule us at all. We're, we're exactly. the masters over the signs, not the other yes. way around. Right. It, it reminds me of the old joke from, oh, God from almost, I think, to my childhood, 
it, it was like the um um what <laughs> what's the word that we use to describe somebody who uh, the stereotype it's just it was the stereotypical uh thing that a mom would say <laughs> it would be along the lines of Oh, well, I suppose if Josie, Josie Smith jumped over a fence, you'd have to jump over a fence too. Right. All you know, your friends the jump sign, whatever the, the sign tells you to do, you have to do, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> no, no, you don't. And yeah. if, and even if you do now, it, it doesn't mean anything. You know, th the allocation of meaning, things only mean what we make them mean, mm -hmm. what we allow them to mean, what we, what they, we decide they mean. Yeah. Right? And things don't really have intrinsic meaning. We give them meaning. So. Which is a much more powerful position. Yeah. I've been speaking about this all week. My theme for the week has been personal power. And mm -hmm. that's what I've been speaking about. And this is one of those, another great, you know, example of standing in your personal power. It's that you, you get to make those choices and decisions. Thank goodness. Otherwise, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> Can you imagine if we had to take all of our cues from outside of ourselves and just get yanked around like a puppet? Well, I've seen it happen. Mm. Yeah, I've seen it happen. And I've seen people also be very, um, I don't want to use the word addicted. What's the word I'm looking for? Dependent, maybe? Maybe dependent on outside signs and on like readers, um, you know, psychics. Um, card readers and I'm a card reader, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm, I'm not saying anything negative or, you know, disdainful about card readers. I read sure. cards. Um, but when it, when something happens and someone doesn't want to make any forward moves, doesn't want to take any action on anything until they have a sign or until someone outside of them tells them, yes, this is the thing, you know, whether it's a crystal ball or cards or runes or any other kind of divination. Um, sometimes, I think that those things should always be confirming what we already know. Like I spoke about this morning, I woke up knowing about some things I was going to say, and then I got a really wonderful confirmation and that's great, but I'm not dependent upon that. Right. And that's, that's the difference. I think. I saw a post just today. I think it was on Facebook, one of the law of attraction groups. And I actually didn't take the time to, answered or anything i had too many things going on but the person was posting how they had consulted a palm reader who had offered 15 free palm readings online or something like that and so she took advantage of it and the palm reader said that she and her son were going to die and so now she was all freaked out about it mm -mm. all because she bought in to what this palm reader told her because she felt like if it was a sign she had to pay attention to it yeah no mm -mm not good <laughs> no no and that's basically yeah. giving up your power right there yeah yeah right that's basically saying the sign governs me <laughs> it is right but it's giving someone else authority yeah and you know it's really interesting because one of the things i always teach when i'm teaching on personal power is that personal power is personal it's mm -hmm. not power over someone else right right if I'm standing in my own personal power, that does not mean I, I have or want to have power over anyone else, but I have my own personal power and it is not connected to things outside of me. So in the same way that some people may feel very powerful because 
um, of a specific title they have, or maybe they're, you know, I don't know, a ruler over a country. I don't know, whatever. Sure. That when that thing is no longer there, if they lose that position, then their power also goes. But your personal power doesn't go because it's not attached to, you know, who you're married to or what company you run or what country you rule or any of that. It's personal. It also does not have to do with having power over anyone. And in the same way, when you are dependent upon the palm reader and they have the authority and their words have more authority than your own conscious ability to create, then they have power over you. Mm -hmm. And your personal power has been subjected. You're no longer sovereign. You've given your power away. We give our power away in lots of ways, you know, big and small, but that's one of the ways that we can give our power away, not listening to our inner voice, but listening to some outer voices. And there's lots of great outer voices. You and I are outer voices on this podcast right now. We're teaching, right? But nothing we say should ever override your own inner knowing. Exactly. If I ever say something and your inner knowing is saying like, nope, go with the inner knowing. Absolutely. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Because all all you and I have really are our perspectives. I mean, we also have a lot of experience. You have a ton of coaching experience. I mean, there's, there's a whole lot that we can base it upon, but it's still our perspectives. That's it. That's it. And I only have my own experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like right now, what we're seeing with all this racial tension in the world, one of mm-hmm. the things we're hearing over and over is people of color saying, white people, listen to us. Let us right. be the teachers here. Because you don't have our experience. Exactly. And I definitely submit myself to that education because I can't know what someone else goes through. I can't know what men go through. I can't know what people of color go through because that's not me. And that's the same. You're right. With us, it's like we still, as knowledgeable as we can be, as much information, I am always continuing my education. But I still only have my own experience and my own perspective and whatever I've learned. And it's an interesting balance, too, because on the one hand, we want to retain that personal power. And cool thing, too, I wanted to throw this in as an aside. Even on those occasions where we give the personal power away, we can always take it back. It's not like it's oh, permanently gone. Right. You know? No, we yeah. And, and we should be and we should be doing that. You know, Absolutely. I used to take yoga from this teacher, you know, years and years ago. And one of my favorite things that she ever said is that at the beginning of class, we would all be sitting, she would have us sit in a comfortable position and close our eyes and just take a few deep breaths and just start to relax. And she would say, now all your energy that has been going out from you, thinking about other people, thinking about chores you have to do, doing things, you know, all all the energy that you've been pointing outward to help other people, to worry about other people, whatever it is, caring about other people, draw it all back into your center. Mm-hmm. just bring it all back to you. And that is actually a really great exercise that we can do. We can all do these days, right? When we, because there's a, there's a lot of stuff that is vying for our attention and a lot of it is emotional and heavy and right. just bringing that energy back into our center. It doesn't mean we don't care about what's going on. It just means that we are keeping our energy with us to center us and ground us. Then we're ready to go do whatever we're going to do. Um, but yeah, I think it's important that personal power, uh, you're, we're always going to find ourselves in some way or another where we may have the opportunity to give our power away. And like you said, 
it's, it's not that big of a deal. You don't want to do it consistently and be completely powerless, but there's always that opportunity to, to take your power back and recognize that you can. And that's Any, cool. Anytime. I yeah. Mean, and, and that's why, I mean, I, it really wasn't a side to what I was going to make the point on, but it ties in beautifully. You actually almost made my point for me, but what I was going to say is, yeah, I think it was yesterday. Uh, I made the point. No, it was on Monday. I think it was. I made the point that um, from a very young age, I was taught what I, I was taught that it was a Native American thing. I'm not sure if it actually is Native American, but I, I was taught that it was. And it's a cliche most people have heard. Um, my, my dad taught my my brother, my sister, and myself. Before you criticize anybody else, always walk a mile in their moccasins. That was that was the basic phrase, and I, right. I, that was like indoctrinated into me. Um, I know it was indoctrinated all three of us, but I think I probably absorbed more of it or something. I'm not sure exactly <laughs> what. But anyway, my point is that I really spent a large chunk of my time growing up and as an adult doing exactly that. And it's great to do, but it can also be very confusing because if you spend so much time walking in other people's moccasins, you forget about walking in your own. You forget what your own perspective is. So it becomes yet another way to give away your personal power. So there's actually a balance to be maintained. Yes. Yes. We've talked about this before. Um, the idea of having preferences and that sometimes, I mean, I did this for years in my life. I never had a preference. Sure. I had a preference. I never <laughs> verbalized my preference. Right. It's like, Hey, Cindy, what, where, what movie do you want to see? Oh, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I would always say, I would always defer to the other person. And actually what did end up happening after doing that for years, the thing that happened is that some people that I was hanging out with, who I had a group with, they made a couple of decisions about our next meeting. I wasn't there and they made those decisions without me. They were not decisions that I would have rejected, you know, they were, or objected to, they were fine, but I felt really upset that no one asked me and the universe spoke to me as clear as I've ever heard it and said, well, I thought you wanted to be last. You always put yourself last. Ooh, wow. And it hit me that I always deferred to everyone about everything. Yeah. And what happened was, number one, people just started, stopped asking me my preference. Sure. Well, yeah, because I never had one. Why? They I automatically thought, well, she, she won't care. Because uh, I always said, I don't care. But the other thing that happened that was probably the worst part was that at that moment that I had that sort of epiphany, I decided, oh, I've got to start telling people what I want when they ask. Mm -hmm. And the next maybe couple of weeks when someone would say, well, where do you want to go to dinner? Or what movie do you want to see? Just little things like that. Nothing of consequence, right? I was determined to not say, oh, I don't care. And give them an answer. And for the first couple of weeks, literally, I realized I didn't have preferences anymore. Right. Exactly. I kind of, I lost who I was. Yeah. And during that time, someone brought me a present and it was a a top, a blouse. And they said, I saw this in a store window and it was so you, I just, I, I, I had to buy it for you because it was so you. And I opened it up and it was horrible. Oh, it was not me. It was not me at all. It was something I would never have chosen. Right. And I of course said, thank you so much. Cause it was very, very thoughtful for sure. someone to bring me a gift. But it was one more sign, if you will. We're talking about signs. Mm-hmm. It was one more synchronicity that was showing me you've completely lost your preference. Other people don't even really know who you are, and you don't know who you are because you defer to everyone else. So I really had given away so much of my personal power 
That's really an interesting point. That's a very interesting point because, well, first of all, I can identify with it myself. And, and I, my wife has put up with a lot on this point. I am very much like you on the subject of what to have for dinner. My first re reaction is almost always, yeah, that's fine. Okay. I don't mind. That's good. Mm -hmm. I don't care. And it's a learned response, but it's also a response that I've held for a long time, even before the relationship, but the relationship reinforced the response in the sense that my wife is very selective about what it is that she wants to have. And actually for her, the difficulty is figuring out, well, what do I really want to have? Because I really don't want that. And I don't want that. And I don't want that. And I don't want that. You know, <laughs> so what do I want? And often she's asking, asking me to look to meet for a new idea. So here we have the guy who really doesn't care all that much trying to come up with ideas for the person who does care, but doesn't know what she wants. It's my, quite my, a dynamic. <laughs> being a relationship coach, my, my son sent me a meme the other day and it said relationships are really just two people asking each other what they want to eat until they die. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know, I hate to admit it, but there's some truth there. There is truth to that. <laughs> Uh, but it's also, I, I didn't quite have the epiphany you had, but I, I had my own version of an epiphany, a little, maybe a little bit less dramatic, but essentially I now make it a point to ask, okay, well, what do I want to have to eat right now and not allow myself to get away with why well, I don't really care and to actually take the time to kind of feel inside. And, and, you know, sometimes when I just couldn't come up with an answer, I mentally flipped a coin and picked one. Yeah, that's just, what I did. Just to start selecting. The first couple of weeks, I thought, okay, well, if I really don't care, then it doesn't matter. Just pick something. Just pick one. Pick something. Say, give an answer. Say you know, this. And uh, it actually, it did work. So, you know, it's a good exercise for standing in your power. One of, one of the things oh, that is. I teach is, right, telling the truth, uh, speaking your truth, right, right which is can be little things like that um, and keeping your word. Those two things will create a, a power surge in your life mm. of personal power. Yeah. And it seems so silly, almost simple, right? It's like, well, I tell the truth. Well, I keep my word. Um, but a lot of times people don't about little things. So yes. it's like being impeccable with your word, right? Mm. Which is going to cover both of those because you're going to tell the truth if you're impeccable with your word and you're also going to honor whatever you said you would do. If, if you say you'll do something, do it. If it turns out you can't, then make another, you know, arrangement, but right, don't just, up to it in some way. right, right. Just, you know, figure it out, but don't just blow it off. Like it's no big deal because what happens when you do that is that your word starts to be kind of worthless. Yeah. Right. And there's plenty of people who you could say, well, they're not like big liars that go around telling horrible lies, but they might be the kind of people that when they say they're going to drop by, you're not really sure because half the time they do and half the time they don't Oh, and you love them anyway. And that's just how they are. Well, if we're that way where we say, Hey, let's get together for coffee. I'll give you a call. And then we never give the call. Mm -hmm. You know, if we constantly say little things that really aren't so meaningful and then we don't honor those things, our word starts to become powerless. Right. And if your word is powerless, think about what that means. And that means your prayers are powerless. Your affirmations are powerless. Your 
magic spells are powerless. Why? Because they're all attached to your word. And if your word doesn't have any power, then those parts of whatever you're doing aren't going to have much power. Your blessings, uh, your blessings, your prayers, your spells, your affirmations will be not too powerful. And isn't that interesting? Because normally we think about not telling the truth as being how that affects other people. But your point is saying, whoa, wait a minute. There's a much bigger point here. It's how it affects you. It how it, right. it's how it affects your life, your choices, what you're attracting, what you're trying to manifest in your life, what you're successfully manifesting, what you're not successfully manifesting. Right. That's big. That's really, really big. Yeah, I think it's important. You know, how you do anything is how you do everything. So the how you put how your word goes out, however much power it has, is all connected to whether it's true and whether you honor it. And so if you don't, then don't expect for your words any of your words <laughs> you can't have your 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 words that you say to somebody like hey let's go get coffee be completely powerless and then your magical word over here your affirmation over here just speak it and boom it happens i can guarantee you with the results that florence scoville shin got that she was integrity with her word and that she spoke the truth yeah. her truth right right so I, it, it's just a interesting thing to remember if you want to be. I powerful. think it's more than that. I think it's a critical thing to remember. I think it's a very, very important thing because of what we were talking about earlier, that personal power. That's where personal power comes from. Essentially, I mean, if I wanted to really just be, be very critical and judgmental for a moment and break it down, every time that I tell a little white lie, that little thing that I'm not going to follow through on, I am convincing myself that I can't trust my own word. That's it. That's why your word will become powerless. Yeah. It's a subconscious thing. You know, we've talked about like dr dreams and I've told the story that when for about six or seven years of my life, I kept a dream diary. And for the first few weeks, months, maybe, I wasn't recalling any dreams at all. And so I, but I would, I would still write in the journal. I don't recall my dreams tonight, but maybe I'll recall them later mm. the next day. No recall today, but maybe I'll recall them later. All of a sudden I was remembering dreams. And then I started remembering so many dreams that when I wanted to write them down, I just have to pick one. There were too many. I would be there for two hours. You know, it's like, okay, I'll pick that one. <laughs> now, the point I'm making with this is that my subconscious mind, because I was writing in the journal every day, I don't remember, but maybe I will tomorrow. I, I, would, I don't remember, but I'm going to remember, right? My subconscious mind got the message at some point. Oh, okay, this is important. We need to remember. And I started remembering. So in the same way, when you start keeping your word and telling the truth, your subconscious mind, which as we know from Neville Goddard, it is what is creating everything. Mm -hmm. It starts to recognize these words are powerful. And I love also, let's bring in more gurus. I, I like what Abraham Hicks has to say about it too, because Abraham points out that the subconscious is really just thoughts you used to think about. And that's what you just described. It's thoughts that you were previously thinking about. You were thinking about, yeah. oh, I may not have remembered it tonight, but I'm going to remember the next one. Mm -hmm. You you were building a new vibrational vortex. Yes. And, you, and just, it built up, right? Because I kept doing up. it and doing it. Right. Yeah. And, and there's always that, 
And that's how that subconscious mind works. You said yourself, the subconscious mind does the creating. How does it do it? Because we built up this vortex and we built right. up this energy that just kept building and building and building. We've talked about that before, right? For how many times people will quit before they get a result? Yes. So, I mean, there, there was a point where I could have said, well, I'm just never going to remember my dreams and just quit. Mm-hmm. You know, but I didn't. And what's funny is I'm kind of in a cycle like that again now because I'm trying to write down my dreams and I just six nights out of seven, I don't have, I don't, I don't remember one, but I had that past experience and I know how I got success with it before. And that was to just keep going. So I keep writing in my journal every morning dreams, no recall (laughs) or a little fragment, you know, or something, but I just, I'm keeping up with it because I absolutely know what the result is going to be. But I'm, that's I'm like you of, said, because I'm building something in the subconscious. I'm reminded of the quote from the movie The Secret, and I'm trying to remember who was quoted. It may have been Henry Ford, but I'm not 100% sure of that. But the quote said, whether you believe you can or you believe that you can't, either way, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sums it up pretty nicely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. It does. It's kind of um, spooky in a sense. If we're not used to exercising that personal power, if we're not used to taking control of it, taking it back and making it ours, being true to it, you know, speaking our truth to ourselves as well as to others on a regular basis, it can be a little spooky when we start to take it back because it starts to behave the way it's supposed to behave. It starts to act the way it's supposed to act, but we're not used to it. So we say, oh, wow, that's that was really freaky. Well, and, you know, there there is. There is some fear that happens sometimes of our own personal power. Uh, it doesn't matter whether it's you know relevant or not. We all have fear and that lizard brain, you know, part of us that doesn't want things to change. Um, sometimes is fearful of what that power might be capable of. And I don't mean in a bad way. I just mean even success. You know, many people are a little fearful of success, of big success, because it'll be so different. And so, you know, as you start to step into your personal power and you start telling the truth and you start keeping your word and, you know, everything else that goes with that, things will shift and it's okay. (laughs) I also would like us to spend a little time talking about the importance of engaging in these various activities from a high vibe the highest five point we can reach. Okay. And I say that because somebody posted something about, I can't remember what it was, but I think it was like, if, if you're depressed or anxious, you know, how do you uh, manifest what you want? And my response was, well, I don't, I wait until I get myself into a higher vibe place because I know from experience, if I try to do it from that low vibe place, I'm going to get a bunch of stuff that I really didn't want at all. Ooh. Yeah. So I make it a point to, you know, I'll take a measurement. I'll, you know, do I feel good? Am I enjoying this? Am I not enjoying this? Am I feeling good about this? Am I not feeling good? And then if, if I'm anything's coming back saying I'm not feeling all that great, I just stop the mental process of trying to manifest and start the mental process of what's it going to take to feel better right now. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say too, is that if you're feeling really low, the objective is to feel better. And, you know, Sometimes being angry is a better feeling than feeling like a victim, right? So there is that. And you can look at that emotional scale. It's very true. It's like sometimes, sometimes what would feel better 
is something we've been socialized to think is bad. Oh God. Yes. And so if you are um, depressed, what actually a lot of times anger that's been internalized will turn into depression. It's anger that has been turned inward will turn into depression. And we've, so many of us been socialized that anger is bad and we should never be angry. And if you feel anger, then you must have an anger problem and, you know, all of this stuff. And anger is actually a step up the emotional ladder from victimhood and depression and hopelessness. And so sometimes we have to be willing to let ourselves feel certain things that we may have been socialized to not accept. And it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, have some inappropriate display of anger, right? I can sometimes just saying it, just saying, I feel really angry right now is enough to diffuse it. Doesn't mean we have to, you know, shoot someone or throw a rock through a window or damage property or do anything that we're going to regret later. It's just to say, I feel angry. I feel angry. That's it. Sometimes that's enough to just diffuse it. But sometimes we're so unwilling to admit certain uh, emotions, right? But they actually do feel better than depression. (laughs) And they are only a stepping stone to the next you know, to the next level and the next level and the next level until we get out of that hole. Then we can start manifesting consciously some better things when we're beyond those really hard feelings. And that's the goal is to climb out like that. Because if we don't, I mean, there are many people who, given a certain situation, they'll be, they'll start expressing anger and then they'll keep expressing anger. And then they're going to make anger their regular thing because, you know, they got some yeah. you know, result out of it. And so it becomes an ongoing behavior. And I'm going to continue to be angry. In fact, I'm going to be righteously angry. I'm going to use my anger to get whatever I want out of life because anger got me something that I didn't have before. And that's something interesting that people also do with victimhood and depression. Yeah. Is it's like it works for them on some level and they got mm-hmm. something and used it. You know, you hear this about two-year-olds that are having a temper tantrum, Right. It's mm-hmm. like, well, it's working for them on some level. Right. And until they learn a, a healthier way that also works to get them whatever it is they need, then they're going to do this. Mm-hmm. It's the same with most addictions. Um, they meet some kind of need. And until we find a healthier way, we're going to fall back on those. So, yeah, absolutely. It's like feel it, let it go, let it move. That's and then cool. how can you get to that next step? That's why I think that the emotional uh, guidance scale, you know, I, you know me, I am not a, I am not a dyed in the wool, Abraham Hicks, huge fan and no, everything no. they say is gospel. Right. I, I do like a lot of things they say, but I also use a lot of other things I've learned from other traditions and teachers. Which we're and, grateful for, by the way. <laughs> pardon? Which yeah. We're grateful well, for. <laughs> well, the, uh, the, but the emotional guidance scale, it, it's so much like the um, energy leadership scale that, that I, you know, work with as well. And they're, they're both like the same. And it's, it's an interesting thing to look at that scale and say, where am I here? And what's the next step up? Because so often we want people to be passionate and full of joy. And folks, that's at the very top of the very scale. Top. Yeah. And this is like depression. It's the very bottom of the scale. Yeah. No one can make that leap. You don't make that leap. You climb up. It's like saying, can you jump from here up onto the first step of the stairs? Yes. Can you jump to the roof? No. 
it's too high. It's too much. It's too far away. The gap is too big. That's so what you get there. for. <laughs> yeah, right? Right. So you climb the ladder. You get, you get there incrementally, step by step, one yeah. step at a time. <laughs> exactly. And you can. You can do it. You can do it. In fact, um, I, I love the concept a lot. Even the the 22-point scale that Abraham had started to become a little bit overwhelming for me because I kept asking myself, well, am I feeling frustrated? Am I feeling angry? Am I feeling, <laughs> what am I feeling? I, I, I'm words on between this one. <laughs> you start, you know, you, you're slicing and dicing. So I, I finally went with another Abraham concept, which is, does the next thought feel better or worse? Because yeah. that's a whole lot easier. I don't have to label it that way. I can just what say, well, it just better. feels better or worse. What would feel better? Yeah. Yeah. What would feel better? Just that one little question. And now that takes all the anxiety out. And, oh, I also wanted to address something else. This kind of ties into it, too, um, that you mentioned earlier. You, you talked about how society can, can gauge something that we value as being unvaluable or vice versa. You know, we don't value it too much, but society says we should value it, that kind of thing. And it made me think it's very similar to what you and I have talked about regarding the words positive and negative. Because those words often have these moral type connections to them that just kind of distort the meaning and mm -hmm. it, it, it once again now all of a sudden we're starting to pay attention to what does the outside sign think that i should do rather than what feels good to me inside yeah so that's why it's usually better to think in terms of well what feels better to me what do i like what do i prefer not what's right or wrong not what's positive or negative but what feels right. good to me and and also you know some things some choices that we are going to make might be uncomfortable Absolutely. And that doesn't mean that we should uh, not choose them in favor of something that feels comfortable because growth can be uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. And so, right. It's so it's just, it's preference. This is sort of where that inner guidance, inner knowing, intuition, hunches, signs that may sync up with those things, ideas that we have. Um, you know, I remember you telling the story about starting a podcast mm. right and how sometimes we have an idea of something we want to do and we resist it because we don't think it's going to be comfortable if we all did that all the time if we only made choices of things that we thought fell into the this will feel good category we would never really grow or make a whole lot of progress so sometimes things are going to be a little bit uncomfortable and that's okay too um, because it's all in the service of growth and getting to the place where we can create the things we really want. And in the case of the podcast, for me, it was no one's ever going to listen. No one wants to listen to me. And see how not true that turned out to be. I know. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. But that, that would have been the block to stop me at that yeah. point. Fortunately, the thing that would keep me going was, what what did keep me going, and I've repeated this many times, I was doing it for me. Mm, I wasn't doing yeah. it for listeners who weren't there. I was doing it for me because I was there. So here is where you were telling your truth. Yes. Right? And keeping your word around this thing. Like it was like there was integrity there in who you are, what you wanted. It was for you. Exactly. And look what the result has been over over time right and that that's the thing is that like the the decision i made this morning it was for me it was it was in line with 
my values. It was honoring what I knew to be true about myself. And there was some discomfort over how will this be received. But the other part was with your podcast, even though you did it for you, look how much of a blessing it's been to so many hundreds of other people. And the same with here, even though the the motivation was that, No, this is true to how I'm feeling, what I'm knowing about myself, my own inner integrity, and my own truth. And yet, I'm doing it in the service of for others, and that's how it plays out, right? And so it was, it was like a win-win. It's a great example of how we have little, call them hidden agendas. It sounds negative, but I don't mean it that way. Mm -hmm. Little things that we don't really dare admit to ourselves, but they're really there. And that, that was one of them. I really, I knew I didn't have any listeners when I first started. And it really kind of got me down. But there was always a little piece of me that said, well, you know, maybe one day I will have listeners. I didn't allow myself to voice it very much because, I mean, that was just too unrealistic. <laughs> but there was that little voice that was always there. And, and that voice has momentum. It has the ability to build momentum. Well, you took action towards it. I did. And that's why. That's the power. That's the personal power. It's in, it's in action. It's in value. It's in integrity. And it will produce growth. And I don't just mean personal growth. I mean the growth of whatever it is you're taking action towards. Speaking of which, I've mentioned this a couple times, but I had that big breakthrough on the app. And, and I'm taking the last few steps now to make it yeah, possible. Yeah, that's exciting. That, <laughs> which is going to make it possible for even more people to be listening, which is yeah, great. I love that concept so uh, it's not yet ready i'm hoping to have it done by the weekend and once it's ready i'll be announcing it here so here's the segue if you are not yet subscribed to the podcast (laughs) you want to be subscribed so you can get the news on when the app is going to be available and it's good that app is going to be really so much easier for people because i was talking about this with uh, alex yesterday after after yesterday's show how you know, you, you, we ask people to become subscribers. We've tried to make it as simple as possible. Send, send them to LOAToday.net. We've got a little thing up there that just walks them through it. And that's about as easy as you can make it under the current system. But wouldn't it be just easier if you could just download the app and play it? I mean, it doesn't get much easier than that. And that's what I have yeah. been dreaming about all this time. Now, there's another example of what we just talked about. I, I, I didn't know how to write an app. I didn't know how to. And by the way, it's not just writing one app. It's writing five <laughs> one for iPhone, one for Android, one for Mac, yeah. one for PC, and one for the web. Five of them. <laughs> and I didn't know how to do really? any. Well, I knew how to do the web really part. Right. The other part I didn't know how to do. And yet, I really wanted that because it would make it so easy for people. Well, I took steps even though I didn't know how to take steps. I've documented a lot of it here on the show. And now I'm days away from being able to give it to Yay! people. Yay! It's so exciting. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, that just illustrates it so beautifully. So good stuff. Well, thank you for, I, I know I say this every week, but I love your insights. I love well, the things you. That you have to share. And I know our listeners do too. I mean, we get lots of emails about you particularly. We get emails about everybody, but I, I don't know if you're aware. You actually get more emails than anybody else. I didn't know that. You God. really do. Yeah. <laughs> Because you have you have an amazing impact, so thank you. I really appreciate that. On behalf of all of our listeners, thank you for all the insights you bring. Well, really thank great. you, listeners. Yes, I appreciate you. Yes. Yeah, I, well, I want to second that too. I want to thank our listeners as well. Because boy, oh boy, is it fun to have listeners when we're doing this. It's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> so thank you guys very much. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye. Bye, everyone.